Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 97 and you just have me. And the reason I wanted to call this show for the love of food is because a lot of us are, you know, we've reached that halfway point, we've passed that halfway point in the year. And there's a bit of a tiredness that happens around now. And it's a time where even I notice in myself, I tend to crave the shortest of shortcuts. Uh, Indian takeaway becomes a little bit more frequent and I love a good curry. So that's not entirely a bad thing, but I know how to also make a good curry. And there's a couple in my book. Uh, so, um, I, I, I've noticed that, okay, I'm cutting myself some slack. I've been launching a book, doing a lot of book talks. Um, and my, both my husband and my son have had to have surgery in the past month. So, um, so things have been a little bit um, pushed for time in terms of getting it all done. Uh, actually, to the point of surgery, a bit of a segue, we've created a surgery pre and post support guide, uh, which you can find in the lowtoxlife.com shop page now. Uh, the reason I created that was because I had a horrific experience recovering from general anesthetic a couple of years ago. And I wanted to do everything I could to figure out why. One of the reasons, obviously, was I was already hugely inflamed by the mold in our water damage building. Um, but I didn't know that yet at that time. And it really felt like so much went wrong after that anesthetic. And it was really just inflammation being pushed up a notch. Anyway, so to cut a long story short, I got my uh, MTHFR gene tested. Sure enough, I was homozygous with the C677 and then knowing that and realizing that that's why um, that nitrous oxide that gets put on you before you have your general anesthetic cocktail hit me so hard, I wanted to get my son tested should he ever need surgery. Lo and behold, this year he did. He had an inguinal hernia, so we needed to sort that out and, of course, I tried a couple of holistic um, muscle, um, development therapies first, but that didn't work. And, um, and you know, acute care is such a blessing. I'm a huge fan of it when it's needed. And, uh, and so he had surgery. And so we, I really wanted to make sure that I did everything that as best I could to support him prior and post. And so, um, the gorgeous Steph Hinton naturopath on my team and myself and, the incredible Dr. Leila Masson, who contributes to the Thrive course and who's been a podcast guest on the past talking about kids and uh, hidden deficiencies, one of the most popular shows there is right back in the beginning, um, we put together this uh, surgery guide and, uh, and he just has had the most fantastic experience and I was just so thrilled to have an anaesthetist where I could have a conversation around MTHFR, show her the research. She hadn't heard of the particular gene before, but she was so open. If there's research and there are journals, any doctor that around is, is going to take a look at it and, um, and she tailored his anesthetic accordingly. So it was a, just a wonderful experience. And, um, and he has bounced back incredibly. I thought he was going to be lying down on the couch all week, but uh, you know he was um, walking with me to the to um, grandma and grandpa's today to head off for the weekend to hang out with them. So um, 
yeah, no, no holding him back at all. And I, we had such a positive experience that I really wanted to produce this guide for you guys so that everybody could uh, buy it, download it, just have it for when you need it. Um, it's there in the lowtoxlife.com shop now and it's only, it's under 10 bucks, just under 10 bucks. So Australian, so that's even less if you're paying in euro and, um, and US dollars and things. So I hope that is of use to uh, everyone out there and I've popped the link in the show notes today if you, um, if you just want to go straight to the product. Um, it's a downloadable 20-page guide. There are recipes. There's even supplement guidance for people who can't afford to get to an integrative doctor. Um, obviously, always best to speak to your health practitioner um, and uh, nut out any contraindications with medications that you're on. But we're really proud of, of what we've produced and um, and a few of you guys I know have already bought it so and are loving it. So that's fantastic. Um, talk about Segway, hey? So anyway... That was um, the reason these two surgeries, the book launch, Golotox being live at the moment um, and all the talks that are happening that I was feeling a bit lazy and I thought, oh, I need to fall back in love with cooking uh, because I've lost it just momentarily, but I've definitely lost my connection to that being a wonderful, beautiful thing to do rather than a chore, a task, a bottom of the pile of priorities and, and joy. And, uh, and I just thought I'd share some thoughts around that today. So before I do share a few thoughts on that today, I just want to remind you, you literally just have one week left to make the most of the Rosehip Plus offer. They're beautiful rosehip oil and very gorgeous, sensitive, friendly uh, skin range is uh, 40% off. It's nuts. And I've had a couple of messages from you guys saying, got my four bottles. I'm stocked up for the next couple of years. It is such a ridiculously good deal. So please do make the most of it. It's a gorgeous rosehip oil. Rosehip oil is a wonderful thing for DIYers out there who like to make their own serums um, or simply just for, to protect and nourish the skin on top of any um, creams you might be using for a really deep oil-based hydration. I remember back in my early, early cosmetics days, we always learnt that it was a lack of essential fatty acids that caused deep, well, one of the reasons that caused deep wrinkles and it was a lack of water that caused fine feathery lines. So to help plump up the skin, uh, there's nothing better than uh, plumping up with essential fatty acids and rosehip oil has that in spades. So if you wanted another little motivator to have your skin looking as best it can for healthy aging, then uh, make the most of it. All the details are on the show notes, your code, the link to their website, etc. So how did I fall back in love with food this week, having, you know, a little bit of a quieter week with Seb at home recovering from surgery? I reminded myself what my staples were that I really liked to have on hand and um, and stocked back up on those. So I made a big batch of stock. I got a big casserole done. Uh, I made an apple tea cake. And I bought up on plenty of veggies so that I knew that we had a lot of choices depending on what other sort of components of the meal we'd be making. And um, and that just almost just knowing that I'm well stocked with what I want to cook and um, what I love to cook the most is for me one of the number one things you can do. So, so often we're moving so fast through life, we're going go, 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 and we don't just stop to think that uh, we 
um, about what we love in food. And, and if we don't do that, then often we're just thinking, oh, I've got to cook a meal. And that for me, that mindset really needs to be shifting towards what do I get to cook tonight? And you might be thinking, oh yeah, that's easy for you to say you love cooking. I didn't always. And I'll remind you guys that while I may have a book that has recipes in it now that is freely available, well, to Australia and New Zealand very soon in a couple of weeks to the UK and then in September um, on Amazon also. But you can pre-order if you if you fancy. All the details are in the show notes um, for the UK and the US. But I have this book now, but, you know, it was literally just 12 years ago that I didn't know how to roast a chicken, I didn't know how to make stock, I didn't know how to bake a cake without following a recipe, I didn't know how to do anything. I couldn't make lunchbox bars, well, I didn't have a child then, to be fair, but not even for myself. And often I would drink liquid poppers that were those um, those breakfast-to-go type poppers and... Um, and just cook a meat and two veg, three veg, uh, just pan frying everything, steaming everything. Didn't really know how to bring herbs into things, how to bring um, spices into things yet. I didn't know anything. So I really do believe we fall in love with the things that we feel confident in. And often it just takes thinking about what we love to eat the most and becoming ninja at those things so that we've got a really rock solid confidence base that we're operating from. And that kind of makes us feel clever. And we all like to feel a bit clever. And as soon as you feel a bit clever, you're a bit motivated to, um, to display those skills a bit more. And, uh, oh, excuse me, that was my teapot that you heard rustling around then. I'm just pouring, I'm not peeing, I'm pouring myself a cup of tea. That's what you can hear there. It's this gorgeous um, Ovio tea that I was gifted last week when I went and spoke about reducing plastics at a beautiful Ovio event. Um, yeah, so I'm, uh, so listen, it's, this is so funny, isn't it, when I'm on a solo show. I tangent all over the place. I hope you guys don't mind. Um, so yeah, once you feel clever, you really want to feel more clever. And so you want to get better at another thing and another thing. And this is why I hate people who poo poo plastic straw, you know, plastic straws aren't the real issue. It's the fishing nets in Thailand. And of course it's the fishing nets in Thailand, but it is also actually the plastic straws, you know, sea level is downstream from everywhere. It's down the hill from everywhere and we can't recycle these things. So um, you know, why not let people get excited about reducing their plastic, however the awareness comes to them. And then later we can keep upping our game and doing more and more and starting to realize there are charities that are teaching fishermen how to um, collect these fish nets and incentivizing them to put them back where they go. You know, like... Let's start positive instead of poo-pooing any good efforts. And I truly believe it's the same in the kitchen. So if you make a great effort, be really proud of yourself for making that effort. Don't be down on yourself for not knowing how to make 10 different types of biscuits or for finding it hard to follow a recipe every time you want to make a, a biscuit. Instead, figure out what your favorite type of biscuit or cookie is Learn to make it off by heart and then feel so clever that you can actually make something with your eyes closed. It's going to feel much more positive to jump into the kitchen 
the more and more you actually get really good at. So my advice there to fall in love with cooking, um, number one is to get really good at two or three things that you absolutely love to eat that you may not be good at yet, but just cook them again and again until you are so that you feel like, oh my gosh, I really actually can do this. That is why I developed um, the Choose Your Own Adventure Cake. It's why I developed the Choose Your Own Adventure Lunchbox Bar. Um, It's why I talk about so many simple swaps to one recipe because I believe that rather than thinking we have to start from scratch with every single cooking attempt, if we form a bit of a baseline of knowledge and then just tweak and vary to create some variety for ourselves, um, then the pressure's off to feel like, oh gosh, I don't even know what I'm doing, okay, what ingredients do I need to buy, and feeling like you have to open up a recipe book all the time. Um, Once you get really good at a few things, you understand the patterns of what works time and again, and you think, wow, if I'd cut, chop up onions, uh, um, um, celery, carrot, uh, thyme, parsley, and cook that all up in some olive oil and then add some protein, whatever you're using, um, add some tomato passata and a little bit of stock and cook that down for a couple of hours on a really low heat with a lid on, there's absolutely no way that can taste bad. So then you can start to vary your herbs, make something with French dried herbs one day, make something with Greek dried herbs the next Um, switch out the tomato passata for more stock and use some red wine. You know, you can really just start to realize that you can bring yourself into the dish, which is point number two. Feel in some way that you relate to the food that you cook. Don't just make it a meal that other people need. And sometimes, don't get me wrong, it feels like that. I often rejoice when the boys are camping for the night or something and I can literally just have a couple of peanut butter crackers, a couple of sticks of celery and a green salad and just kind of call that my dinner. (laughs) But um, there's nothing more beautiful than getting together with the people we love to connect over some food and chat about our day. Um, And we talk about that a lot in Thrive, which um, is uh, registered interest at the moment. It's not live. But, um, but, you know, often mealtime is stressed because it feels like a have-to for everyone. I have to sit down. What if we flipped that and connected to the joy in the aspect of cooking for the people we love, cooking with the people we love, getting them involved uh, so that not everybody's doing homework and watching TV and you're just slaving away in the kitchen? Um, and what if we then got them involved in mood setting? So... Uh, you know, little Johnny decides on what music to play. Jessica puts the candles on. Uh, Joe jo can do the like some creative table settings for everybody, um, and uh, and you know put their favourite Lego figurine um, at each person's place setting that reminded that them of that parent or that sibling and why. You know, just start to build some joy into that table experience. And that will bring some joy into food for you. I know food can be really stressful for many people. There can be some um, really big medical challenges that make it hard for the whole family to eat the same thing. But that doesn't mean we can't bring joy in other ways. And it doesn't mean that we can't love the food we're preparing regardless. So um, another thing for falling in love with food, I think, is 
even if you can't make it to a farmer's market every week, I definitely recommend you try and do it fortnightly or monthly. Or um, if you shop remotely and get a delivery box in, like a CSA box or something like that, uh, or um, uh, what else could it be? Or you pop to a local farm if you're rural and do a bit of a swap of of whatever you're growing um, to bring people along for the ride. So bring your kids, go with your husband, your wife, um, and and make it a family experience every now and then so that everybody's choosing favourites and talking about what they should have and uh, if we've got eggplants, what would we make with them? And I, I really think it it helps everybody bond over the effort that comes from the very farmers that grow our food right to the choosing of the food and everybody having a say in that and then the cooking of the food together if you can sometimes you know, make maybe bundle that whole thing up as once a fortnight, we shop, we cook, we eat together, we do the entire thing together and uh, and see what that looks like for you guys. I'd be really curious to see what that looks like. Sometimes we go to Bondi markets after karate on Saturdays and we shop and we talk about what we're going to make and then we make it, you know, last, uh, I think it was last month after, um, after Seb's karate grading, we did, um, the we got the beautiful Maddie's pizza bases that are just divine um, when you don't fancy making your own. And we then got all the toppings that we were going to put on them. We got everything from the markets. We came home, we made the pizzas together, and then we sat down and um, and ate them together and popped some really cool music on. It was a Saturday daytime. And when there's just three of us, sometimes it's hard to create that mood and we're a small family. Um, it's a lot easier to get a, a fun vibe happening when you're a family of five, six. Um, and, uh, and so we, we find that putting music on really helps us create a vibe and going through that whole process together. I, I swear the pizzas just tasted nicer. Hey, so don't be afraid to, um, to demand that the whole family does that whole thing together at least once a month, you know, and, uh, and I think, you know, if you explain that it's because you want everybody to be involved and, and make an event of it and you want it to be a special occasion, um, get some flowers for the table if you want to go all out and, and really make it something fun, then that can be just the thing that your family needs to fall in love with food again in in just the sense of food for connection and hanging out together and, and honouring the effort that whoever in your household does cook the meals most of the time makes to get that food on the table. It's just, it's a beautiful little thing to do. Um, the other things I think are really important to, to be, um, joyous around cooking are, um, are the way that we prep. So if you're going to be, a, if you're a family who makes or eats, um, a casserole or a soup or a stir fry, at least a couple of times a week all up, there is absolutely no way you should just be chopping one onion. Um, you know, chop a couple, chop three and put them in a Pyrex, put them in your freezer, put them in your fridge, whatever. But you know, half the battle sometimes is the psych up to get started. And if you've already got started because you can just pop some olive oil in a pan and your, and your, or your ghee, butter, coconut oil, whatever you're using, um, and your chopped onions that you already did the other day, then you really feel like you've already got started and uh, and I find that that can be a really nice um, little uh, head start 
mentally as well to feel happy about jumping into the kitchen and making dinner. Um, and then the other thing is like, you know, when you're making something like sweet potato or you're doing a batch of rice or you're cooking up some lentils and you might, um, be having them as is then like a roast sweet potato, uh, steamed lentils um, through a salad or whatever, do double and then use those ingredients in a soup to change things up later in the week, but to not have to start from scratch later in the week. And that can just be lovely. Um, And I think the reason that feels good is because you then open your fridge and you have vocab to work with to build a sentence or like, you know, in this analogy, the sentence is a meal. And if you don't have any words, you don't have a sentence. And it can be really, really annoying to not have a sentence when everyone's really hungry. But if you've got a few things that are leftovers that can form the basis of a new meal um, and change it up by blending it into a soup or... Um, you know, roast sweet potato with chicken and veggies one night um, turns into a roast sweet potato goat's cheese salad the next. You know, there's some really lovely ways that we can not have to feel we're starting from scratch. So I guess my point there is what can you do to double up today that might cause um, or create a base for tomorrow for a different type of a meal? Uh, you know, in France, it, where um, there's this French sort of saying that you never have the same meal um, in a week. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of just kind of rolling meals over and sort of tweaking them a little bit so they feel a bit different, but um, but they are kind of the same. So I think there's a happy medium there for sanity in this busy modern world. If you do, if you're an urban family or if you're even a farming family, you know, it's busy. Um, no, everyone's got their own version of busy, right? Uh, a lot of people say stay-at-home parents have a lot more time to cook, but they can be a lot busier getting everything done in the household. That's also a full-time job. So I think the the aspect of just cutting ourselves some slack and doing a bit of double batching of certain ingredients or whole meals and putting half of them in the freezer can really feel so much more like you're in control and you're not starting from scratch every time. And I find for lunchboxes, most of our lunchbox is dinner from the night before in some way, shape or form, and then uh, a couple of extra sort of um, bits and pieces in the mix, crudités and a dip, for example, or a few corn chips or some popcorn. Um, and it really just becomes so easy because you're just, you've got your base and you're just adding to it with some complementary um, texture variety from other things that you have at hand. Um, and then uh, another thing I, I really love for, for bringing the love of, of food into your cooking is doing like on TV. So I talk about this in the book. Actually, I talk about a couple of these things that I'm chatting with you guys about today in the book, Go um, Low Tox Life. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, yes, there's a new book and um, and it's going super well. So thank you, everybody, for supporting it. It's just amazing to see people making stuff out of the book already, people sharing selfies, excitement around the book having arrived. It's so awesome. So thank you. Um, And yes, as I was saying in the book, um, do like on TV and do the whole here's some I prepared earlier. So sometimes if you need it to feel 
pretty and lovely, um, you know, pour yourself a little drink, whether you drink alcohol or kombucha or whatever it is, a little one, and um, and then uh, pop some music on and then prep all your ingredients into like little individual bowls. Obviously, if you've got a dishwasher, that's an easy thing to do if you have to wash by hand. Not so fun, so maybe skip out on that or, or put them all on a big chopping board. But prepping all your piles of everything that you want to then toss into the pan can be a really relaxing way to approach cooking a meal because you, you're you not kind of putting your onions and olive oil in and then racing to try and get the next thing in before the onions burn and then racing for the next thing. So if you have everything prepped, some people who like that way of um, feeling organized tend to find that that brings them a lot of joy. I personally don't. It's not my vibe. I like just prepping as I go and shoving things in as I, as I cook them. But if you find it quite disorganized and stressful to do it that way, then maybe have a go at setting everything out chopped and ready to go on a chopping board and then pushing it into the pot one by one, um, for a different, um, result in terms of your mental, mental state. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk about is, um, in terms of budget, a lot of people can feel sad. I've had many chats with people, I can't do organic, but I want to so badly. Um, I want you to start saying I can do organic and I will figure out how every day if this is important to you because brains that kept getting told uh, I can't, I can't, I can't send those messages to the heart and then you really can't and you've set up a limiting belief to never be able to have organic food. And we switched to organic food when we were at our absolute lowest income ever. Uh, and it was baby steps and we were making some, um, growing some food on my mother-in-law's veggie patch um, so that we could supplement um, and uh, make an effort there. So if you have to join a community garden or those sorts of things, there are so many things you can do to be able to afford organic food in creative ways, joining co-ops, starting co-ops. But one of my favorite things to do, just so you feel like you can get a win on the board, is to think about the three things that you use the most of out of everything that you use and just switch those to organic. And that, you know, you might have heard me talk about that on the show a couple of times or in a talk, if you've seen me give a talk. Um, it's so important to feel like we're winning, just like the stuff I was talking about with cooking before. So, um Get, get the fridge open, get the pantry open, think, Phew, we chuff through the lentils. That's something our family has a bucket load of. Or we are big milk drinkers. Or gosh, we eat a lot of broccoli. And just switch those things that you go through a lot of. Apples, for example, um, are a common one. And, and, and that's something you can do this week. Or if your kids love carrot sticks, then switch that one out this week. You'd be just a couple of bucks more a kilo and uh, and it's a high volume thing so it's a real big bang for your buck on actually um, on actually moving forward and reducing um, pesticide residue uh, and for the people who um, don't have access you know frozen veg are a really great compromise not even uh, always organic but sometimes um, just the very fact that they've been frozen really quickly after picking means their nutrients are really high and instead of traveling around the country and then being eaten but there are many many things we can do to improve the quality of our nutrition um and you know sometimes it's as simple as just googling co-op and the suburb or area you live in and see if something comes up and 
If you've got a few mates at school who are interested in the same thing and nothing comes up, then guess what? You guys can start a co-op. I've seen it done so many times on the Lotox um, alumni page and the Lotox club. A lot of people are starting to realize, oh, it's actually my decision whether we eat better and whether we um, move forward with our goals to eating more food from sustainable, pesticide-free or um, uh, uh, synthetic fertilizer-free sources. Uh, and um, and there we go. So I think for the love of food, we also need to realise that it is a huge privilege to be able to source food, cook food, share it with our families. And, you know, it's that kind of thing where, like, you know, so many parents have said this over the years and I think I've even, yeah, I have, I've said it myself, there are children in Africa who don't have food, so eat your dinner you know, and like, like check in with your gratitude. But I really actually do believe that we need to check in with our gratitude on the, oh gosh, I can't believe I need to cook another meal front. Like actually you get to cook a meal. You have food in your fridge. That is amazing. There are so many people in the world that are starving right now, right while we're all chatting about this stuff. And for us to feel so first world problem that we have to cook, is um, it's not our fault. It's actually deep cultural conditioning from marketers telling us for decades that it was beneath us. But the time is now to actually go, this is not beneath us. This is one of our most powerful opportunities to connect with nature and to connect with the people we love. So, I mean, how amazing is that, that we get to do that every day? And it's not going to feel amazing every day. You know, you don't need to feel ashamed or guilty if you don't love it every single day. My gosh, I don't. But the thing is, you know, if we tell ourselves we can't, we can't, we can't, we tell ourselves, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, then guess what? You know, it's going to feel crappy for the rest of our lives. And we're not cooking, like having to prepare meals isn't going to go away. We're still going to have to do it. So we may as well bring some positive attitude towards it, increase our skills and get better at it. So it feels really great. And, uh, and away we go, right? So I just wanted to do a short show today um, uh, because it's been a little bit crazy with the book and uh, all, the, um, all the launch talks that we're doing. Please do head to the, the website on the um, Order Now page, which you can click to from the homepage. I'll pop it in the show notes as well, actually. There's an events page with all the talks that are coming up, and we've got predominantly Sydney um, and Queensland events at the moment, but it will be filling up with a couple of UK events because I'll be with you guys in October, UK peeps. So please do let me know, favourite bookshops, anywhere that you think would be a great place to give a talk. I am totally open, but I will be doing at least one. And, um, and we've got Gundawindi in Queensland, we've got Toowoomba in Queensland, we've got three Brisbane events, we're planning a Byron event, we're planning a couple of Victorian events. Uh, I will get to South Australia and WA this year, uh, maybe this year, if not it'll be um, late February next year. And who knows, I'm going to be in New York in the end of September as well, so that's kind of after the book's been launched, so I might 
be able to do an event there. I don't know. Do you guys think I should? Are there any New Yorkers out there listening that could say, yes, please do. Let's go meet at this bookshop or, you know, I think that'd be really fun. Anyway, um, thank you once again for all the incredible support for the books. I hope you're enjoying them. Please don't stop sharing what you're making, what you're loving from the book over on Lotox Life on Instagram. I love, love, love seeing the pictures. Uh, and, uh, and there we go. I just wanted to have a little chat this week and, um, check in on your food love, um, help you find it again. And if you need to find it again, may I recommend the beautiful show I did with Mike Viking on, um, Huga, H-Y-G-G-E. Uh, that is show number, gosh, was it show number 40? Hold on. How good's my memory? 43. And then also show number 53, Food Confidence, the beautiful chat that I had with Jude Blarow. Uh, it was just such a great chat. And if you're feeling unconfident around food, uh, then that is definitely a show to listen to and get you back on track. And if you're confused about food and what to eat, then the beautiful Cindy O'Meara joined me a few months ago as well. That's show 51. Um, to talk about food confusion. So there you go. Getting cozy with your meals, show number 43, all about that beautiful um, Danish coziness around eating with the people we love and everybody taking part in making the effort. Show 51, food confusion. Show 53, food confidence. Definitely worth plunging back into the archives to listen to those. Uh, and, uh, and I hope you all have uh, a beautiful week. So, you know, as I said, connect with me over on Instagram at LotoxLife. Connect over on LotoxLife.com. And there on the homepage, you can see all the different aspects to the Lotox Life, food, body, home, mind. You can check out all the past podcasts and uh, check out some articles that help parents um, do right by their kids when it comes to food. And uh, and there you go. Have, Have a great week. 